0: You're listening to Child Care Voices. Lack of affordable childcare and low pay for childcare workers is a major cause of poverty and inequality. We are Grow Your Own, an oral history project that is looking to the past for inspiration to tackle the problems we face today. We're on a mission to record the history of childcare organising and share lessons from the past. We've brought together a group of people who are all affected by childcare in some way to research the historical roots of the issues they face. As they look into the past, will they find a solution that helps them?
1: Hello, my name is Aga. I'm mum of two teenage boys, so my son Nati is 12 and Kwami is 15. They're really active boys and they like fun trips. They like to cook and bake and they are really my master chef and bake-off champions. And I would like to help them have a good time. But it's very difficult to really find some creative way of engaging them. And I really love them to be, but to kind of provide them the attractive and healthy way of spending free time is really, really difficult, especially during school holidays and i wish it would be much easier to help them develop their life skills at times i'm really thinking like who is out there who cares for the youth it seems like no one does anymore all the community centers are not involving that much children over 12 years old and Most of community centers, as we all know, are closed. So I wanted to find out more about it and I went and researched and I found that co-leader of Green Party, Sian Berry, said a decade ago, London boasted with at least 299 youth centres when now research shows that the total number of youth centres has been cut by 133, which means more than 50% of the youth service budget was cut in last decade. So let me look around in Hackney where I live and see how the youth provision is provided and who does that. Yeah. Nowadays, young people are increasingly engaged in a virtual world and the mobile apps and games and it's a nightmare for parents. We try to find some solutions but it's really hard uh, to engage them and I wish young people could have the opportunity to spend time in a more creative way and be able also to go away on holidays, breaks and have play schemes. I really think we as parents have to make sure that young people can develop their skills and play together, how to do it if there is no support in the community from higher authorities. I went and found some examples of how before people done the grassroots project and how really that might not be easy but very possible. I heard of many initiatives where youth had agency to develop the skill set and organize trips away. I dig through some archives to find out what the previous generation managed to build through community effort. Community links started in the 1970s in Newham, East London. Kevin Jenkins was one of the funders and he was still a teenager when he helped to set up after-school schemes and holidays projects and eventually he funded Community Links Youth Services. Here is a section from an interview that oral historian Rosa Schling conducted with Kevin Jenkins in 2017.
2: I think one thing I've learned in life is that you, you can't make someone do anything they have to want to do it themselves and all you can provide is the opportunities for them to see the value of doing it and hopefully they will follow that i mean quite often is is to get that balance right between how far you push your kids you can't push them too far and then backfires and you achieve nothing so you know i've had the opportunity and i've had the privilege of having a decent home life and upbringing and that's something you try to then give to your children Hmm. and i'm a great believer i think it's the work i do it's not just about that generation I'm working with. it's how they then bring up their own children in that future generation. And that's what they call soft outputs. and people laugh at me when I say that's an output as far as I'm concerned. Mm. But that's what it's about really. you know so we might say the kid I picked up he, he may have stopped or she may have stopped uh, taking that drug or something or they might stop offending. but it isn't just about them. it's giving them, them for the future. So their children, Hopefully, won't go through experience that their parents have gone through.
1: Kevin ran a group called "Let Newham Play Again," which worked to get play back on the agenda. Here, he describes the challenges faced today. Uh,
2: so, something soon after that, when uh, with the beginning of community links, community links uh, in his very very early days, back in 77, we began to look at doing play projects either after school or during the school holidays uh, in response to requests from parents. Uh, And we set up a network, or grew a network, which eventually at its peak was 45-50 schemes every holiday, using community facilities, and that could be schools, church halls, or just open spaces we'd organise what we call open-access community-based projects, uh, which tend to run from 10 to 4, Monday to Friday, occasionally weekends as well. And by open-access we meant the youngsters could come to and fro as they wished, uh, as opposed to the careless scheme where you drop a child off and collect. So very much rooted in in the neighbourhood where they were based. They catered for, on paper, 5 to 12, 13-year-olds, but obviously Given the nature of the scenes, the it was a community, often families don't sort of recognise age barriers. So, quite often, older kids are responsible for younger kids and all that sort of stuff. So, it was a real, real community effort. This is pre-Osted days as well. You know, so we probably had three or four staff uh, to run the scheme, supported by volunteers. They could be parents, they could be just general community volunteers number we with what we called junior leaders in those days, because these were youngsters, 6, 15, 16, 17. We were quite interested in helping the community. We trained them and supported them to do that. Quite often, as the, as the years passed by, they grew from the play schemes. They came through the play scheme. And we offered a whole variety of sports games, arts, crafts, trips out, workshops, you know, face painting, and puppet making, and drama workshops, and mural painting, and all that type of stuff. Very much... Drawing from the local community and, and giving back to the community. So it wasn't unusual that one of our schemes had two, 250 children in it throughout the day, with very few exceptions. They were very, they was, the kids were safe, enjoyed their time. And uh, still, to this day, I often come across youngsters who said they went to this play scheme and that play scheme. It was one of the best things ever did, which was quite nice, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm still of the fundamental belief I have, is that every child has a right to play. Uh, sadly, not enough children get an opportunity today, in this in the leisure context outside school. So structured opportunities after school, at weekends, and during school holidays. You mm-hmm. know that's just that's a sad thing. It, it's always challenges whenever you are, whatever time you're in. It's always going to be challenges. Obviously, different challenges. And certainly today is a lot. There's far fewer opportunities for youngsters to what I would call access open access play. Uh, as a part, there's, there's probably more, there's, there's more opportunities today for youngster swappers to access structured, like clubs, you know? uh, or particular sessions. So, you know, there are things like park lights, where you can go and do an hour's cricket or an hour's football, something like that, you know, there's not something, some, there are still summer schools where you do, where you go and do a, a focused course on something for young people. Uh, So there there are, there may be stuff in the libraries, for example, you know, it might be uh, a reading club and stuff like that. But what there isn't is community-based open access play opportunities, where youngsters can come at 10, stay to four or whatever, and get involved in a variety of arts, crafts, sports, games, uh, each day of the week, not just for an hour here or an hour there, you know. Uh, that involve the, the, the which are part of that community where they live, involved that community in helping run them, building relationships between the young and the old, helping each other, you know, and, and playing there on your own doorstep really, You're not having to travel to wherever ever the, the the nearest basis for a summer project or or a part that's got a, a part life scheming, you know.
1: Listening to Kevin gives me hope. Great initiatives were possible in the past. There were affordable play schemes and trips away that provided opportunities to gain transferable life skills and just fun time. Do we have any more recent examples? Hmm. In the summer 21, a group of mothers from Hackney raised money through organizing a cook-up at Randchapel Chapel uh, to fund a two-day holiday break at a farm in Kent. I'm really curious to find out some details from Empress and Kwami, who took an active part in making this event happen.
3: Well, basically Round Chapel um, is a family center slash hub that I've been going to for a very long time. During the pandemic, it was an aid a support system for a lot of unfortunate families, single families that were struggling, facing challenges with raised finances or child support. And during pandemic, I realized that we all needed a change of environment. We all needed to ground ourselves We needed something that would give us a focus, a positive focus to be able to build and benefit from whether you're young people or old people. We basically done a fundraising by cooking food and selling it to the local people in our community. And the food was more like kind of a fusion of multicultural countries, like um, planting, a lot of the food is also healthy foods, so there was no meat. So literally it was just rice, planting, veg, and for like a little dessert, we made like puff puff, which is a Congolese donut. We put it online because obviously there were some people that wanted to be able to taste the food, but obviously we'd be at work. So we had to find a way to put it out there online where people could pre-order. It was success. Mm. It was a, a... a family orientated kind of vibe yeah we raised a lot of money and we managed to go to Kench hill obviously that was surrounded by nature we took the kids they were so happy and we managed to get a coach out of it the coach dropped us there and dropped us back and we went for a weekend and it was like based on the first week of summer just as we was easing out of pandemic it was because uh, well being is always always something that is important in everyone's life whether you're old or young and the young people really felt a part of being able to build something work experience customer service experience and being able to also um be a part of the community. In Africa, they always say it takes a village. So so for us to be able to come together as a community and, and be successful and being able to meet our goal was very, very, Fantastic. yeah, so yeah. Uh,
1: sounds like really great experience and so beneficial.
3: Like I said, multicultural, young or old, everyone's involved. And that's what a village is about, being able to not make anyone feel isolated. And at that point in pandemic, everyone needed each other. So yeah. Mm, great. Thank you so much.
1: Hello. So I'm going to talk to Kwame, who took part in the cook-up and can share with us a bit more about the experience. Tell us, how was it? What did you do?
3: Yeah, so it was great. The moms and adults were cooking, preparing free-course meals and we were like helping to package the food and sell the food at the counter. It was a a big queue and it felt busy extremely. And I felt like I was in a real work place, work experience. And being able to go for a two day trip thanks to raising money. It was a great reward and it felt good. We had so much fun. We went to Kent Show. It's like a big house in Kent. Yeah, and we had fun. Thanks to putting the work in. And I would love to do it again.
1: We just heard examples of successfully run community-led initiative that improved the lives of youths locally. And also how through community-led COOK-up it could fundraise the money for holidays. And I really love this cooperative model of intergenerational roles where everyone can take part and find a role in the complex process of buying food, making food, selling it, delivering, making free-course meal. I think uh, this is a great example of how this project could not only engage young adults but also provide an extra factor of uh, supporting local food provision and economy and helping to get work experience for young people which is like, sounds amazing. Yes, years pass and we've seen things changing really for worse. And I wonder, what shall we do? What can we do together to bring a real change? Is it possible to have similar projects and maintain them in long term? I believe that, as community, we can provide the care that is needed in the community. And in my mind, if one community cook-up could sponsor one trip for young people, then we could surely do more. Could we fund more activities for youth and involving over 12 in making active part of the project? Is it too big of a dream? I don't know. But providing holiday and play schemes uh, for young people, it's really important. And it's possible also through cookups or community-led cafes or anything. I really believe young futures should shine bright and we should help them. I believe that in reaching the stars, we can be sure that what we get in hand is at least stardust. I really feel encouraged to work together, to put on few hours in our life that can help everyone in community to reach the stars. And we can all be blessed.
0: You've been listening to Child Care Voices. This episode was written and produced by Agnieszka Rolkiewicz. The series was made as part of a training course run by Hannah Kemp-Welch with support from Rosa Schling and Veronica Deutsch. Sound design by Hannah Kemp-Welch. Thank you to Nanny Solidarity Network for the crash. The Grow Your Own Oral History Project is run by On The Record and funded by Trust for London. Find out more at on-the-record.org.uk or follow us on Twitter at growyourownohp.